This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. We all know the value of building a strong personal and professional network. But in practice, it's really difficult. We lose touch with someone when we change jobs. Or we miss a close friend's birthday. We built Clay to make being thoughtful in your relationships easier. Once you connect your accounts, LinkedIn, email, Facebook, iMessage, and more, Clay automatically pulls in everyone you know and builds a beautiful profile for them. Then you can search your entire network, take notes, set reminders to reach out, and even be prompted to reconnect if it's been a while. Clay also includes a feed of important updates from the people in your life, like a news mention or a birthday. For listeners of this podcast, we're offering a 60-day free trial if you visit clay.earth slash partners slash 60. Again, that's clay.earth slash partners slash 60. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. You know what's up, welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland. You know what's up, welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Matt. So, uh, baseball, they're still in the room eating. Any yeah, chance? Today, it's 821 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right. February 28th, and as of right now, they're still meeting. They're still meeting. The deal was... According to the owners, who are I think just making this up as they go along, that they had to have a deal by today if yeah. they want to have opening day on time and presumably play a 162 game schedule. So their meeting looks like hopefully late into the evening, maybe late into the night, to try to get this thing done. They're doing what every high school and college kid does: procrastinate until the absolute last second, and then stay up all night to get your homework done. Yeah, um, I don't know why you limit it to high school and college age. Okay, my lesson plan's written for tomorrow. They All won't right. be written until tomorrow morning, right before school. <laughs> okay, but if you don't get them finished, it's not like school gets canceled. Yes, I was thinking about this. This is more like my wife and I fight about this. Not anymore because this hasn't happened recently because they have nicer cars now. But back in the day, um, my check engine check engine light will come on all the time, like my old uh-huh. Corolla. And for me, the check engine light is. That's not a concern. <laughs> that, that means nothing for me. Right. So you're, you're the type of guy that just puts a little piece of tape over the check engine light? Yeah, it's probably, I assume it's a malfunction with the dashboard and they never said something. I assume oh. there's nothing wrong with the engine. My wife thinks yeah. I'm insane. But of course, no. inevitably, months later, maybe a year later, maybe years later, 
something really major will happen that could have been avoided if I just would have checked the engine light. But see, but that's, but that's the car manufacturer's fault. I once took my car to the shop because the check engine light came on. And you know what? Right? The gas cover was loose. Yeah, that happened to me before too. That yeah. loose gas so, cap. So yeah. you can't tell me check engine for a loose gas cap. The yeah. auto manufacturers are screwing up because we're all going to blow off the check engine. They need to make a loose gas cap light and like a, hey, this is a serious problem. Take it to a shop. Can I tell you, I got, you know, I don't, I don't put a key in my ignition. I just got the battery, whatever. My, it came up battery Fancy. low. Humble brag. Is that a humble brag? I feel like, isn't that how all cars are nowadays? I don't think I just bought a new car and I still got to put it in the thing. Okay. This is, I don't know what this is, like a 2015 Honda Civic. All right. It's not that nice. Um, 125,000 miles on it. But anyway, about a year ago, a light came on that says caution, low battery. And like my, <laughs> you, you don't risk that. That's when you don't risk. It's been a year, Josh. I think it's BS, though, because I have two keys, and the same exact day, both keys, the battery went low. No, it's something wrong with the computer right. or something. No, it so could I'm just be. Ignoring You're it, right. But it's going to screw me one day, but I'm going to be like the MLB and just ignore it for as long as possible. Okay. that could It definitely could be that if it happened on both keys on the same day, yeah, that they just have like a, a schedule alert, and it's not a real alert. Yeah, that's I will good. say. One of the cool things about my new truck is, I don't know if you can see this, but on my phone, it shows me, like, a tire pressure, how much gas is in the car, and uh, everything. It's I can, a little I can... bit TMI. No, because you know how nice it is to when you get up in the morning and, like, you're like, oh, do I need to get gas this morning, or do I just head straight to the office? Uh-huh. And you can check, check out, do I have enough gas, or do I need to give myself an extra 15 minutes for the gas station? Uh, find it very I, helpful. It, it always kind of stresses me out that Emily has tire pressure, not not on her phone, but just in her car. It alerts her with tire pressure. But in the winter, it goes from like 32 yes. to like 24. And so, yeah. and so it always is stressful at first. Now, eventually, when you start driving, it goes up to 32 again. But you always think, oh, crap, my tires yeah. are too low. No, it's always exactly in cold weather. You have to ignore those tire sensors. I agree. Yeah. So there's but, too you know, much to worry about. Just don't I, I don't want to know anything. I don't even want to know if I'm running out of gas. Just let, just let me go. Don't you know, I was out. I was gonna uh I was just gonna press the button to start my car on my phone just to show you that I can start oh, it. And I remember, car started too, nice. Yeah, but I realized I left it at the dealership because they're tinting the windows tonight or tomorrow morning. So I left uh, it there. So it'd be a little awkward if I started it in the middle of the dealership. Yeah, you gotta tint those windows if you wanna do illegal things in there. Smart. No, but I, I'm I'm a fan of I'm a fan of the I like I like the 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 car starter thing, but I feel like cars today give way too much information. I'm not a fan of it. I wish it would just tell me the miles per hour and what radio station I was on. And yeah, you don't want to know if you're swerving into the other lane. No, I don't like, it was know. better when I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I don't need a little bit. I, well, Josh, I was at a rental car when I was down in Alabama. I had a rental car and it kept on beeping. This is something probably about my driving, but it kept on beeping saying, um, perhaps time, it said like may, like perhaps or maybe it's time to take a coffee break. It kept on saying <laughs> mine did that. To, mine told me that today. It, it kept on doing it, and I was like, yeah. "What am I? Am I swerving? It said, what it am said I like doing? Dri- driver alert." Yeah, mine also will tell me like, "Hey, maybe you should put your hands on the steering wheel," and I don't like See, that because the, the, the truck the truck does not know and understand how good of a knee driver I am. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now, I mean, I'm not even a fan of when they tell you to, 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 to put on your seatbelt. 
Exactly. Like, oh, man, are we going to do tell me? What, how's that car going to tell me what to do? You know, Put your hands here. Take coffee break. You know what like, mine does? I'm tired of these cars telling me what to do. Mine, I live my life. Mine doesn't, just tell me when, mine doesn't just tell me when to put on my seatbelt. It tells me for everyone in the car. Oh, everyone. So if it senses. The passenger, a, even the back? The back seat. If it senses someone sitting in the back seat without a, without a thing, it beeps. Yeah. So you say you throw some tools back there and they're beeping. I don't know. I don't know. It hasn't done that for some reason. Uh, all right. Somehow it knows people. Yeah. Not sure. But you're right. You wonder, how does it know people? It, it TMI. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Putting some so cameras I, inside. Uh, speaking of technology, and then we'll get to the Orioles and baseball news. But yeah, as soon as they start playing games. Yeah, I got a, I got a five-week-old baby. And I was thinking, we have made so many advancements in technology as we're talking about the car. Yet I feel like there's been no advancements on how to take care of a baby. Am I missing something? I feel like there's no help with how to like. I feel like I everything we're doing, they were doing a hundred years ago as far as taking care of a baby. Yeah, feeding. Yeah, I mean, changing. there's technology to help, but what do you want? Like, a, what do you want? A ro- you want the Jetsons, and you want the little robot arm to come out and change the diaper? Yeah. Or hey, listen. You know what? Emily says this is effective. I'm not sure if this is effective. She says to get the baby to sleep. If you go like shh. And like pat its chest and go. Shh. Let's just buy a sound machine. Well, we have a sound machine, but like you can't have a sound machine everywhere you go. Like sometimes we're in the, we're in the room and you just like I just I want a button. Is there an app on my phone that can just say shh? Yeah, shh, yeah, shh. yeah, yeah. It's called the it's called um white noise app. Uh, yeah, no, that's not the same. That's not, I don't want white noise. I just want to sure. I want someone to sure. This also could be. Yeah, used I mean, that's the same as the sound libraries. machine. This also could be used at libraries. So you just want a sound effect button? Yeah, that, to to shoot people. I might actually use in school too. When when I'm teaching, we're having reading time. And there's, but the, but there's plenty of technology to help you put the baby to sleep. You got the little rocker thing that rocks all by itself. Back in the day, you used to have to keep your foot on the rocker and push it back and forth. Before that, you had to rock the baby yourself. I, I'm skeptical that rocking helps the baby go to sleep. Can I say that I'm skeptical of it? We have one of these things that it's like the Willy Wonka elevator, the Wonka Vader. Where it would go up ways, sideways, circular, round, uh, like it goes in every direction. Right. Um, and I'm skeptical that, that that does anything. Does the baby sleep in it? No, I mean, I'll take naps in it. Then it works. Yeah, but when it sleeps in its crib, it's just flat. It's not sleeping in a rocking chair. I don't know. At night. I don't know. I think, I think it would sleep to... just as well if it didn't move at all. I think it puts it to sleep once it gets, to, once it's asleep. Yeah. I don't know. It's like people who drive their babies around in cars. I never had to do that. I think because of these rocker and these like vibrating beds and stuff that kid that my babies had. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and rocking for a stroller too. I think I, I, I think you're just I think you're just spoiled with all the stuff you have to help you raise kids mm, that you that you so. don't understand what it was like before you raised. No, kids. I think you take my experience and Emily's experience right now compared to someone living a hundred years ago. Very similar experiences. Very similar experiences. No, no, it's so different. I don't even think. No, you okay, cannot okay. compare the way you raised the kid now to the way a kid was raised a hundred years ago. The only, the only big invention to hundred years ago is we're not using cloth diapers. We have to wash every time. We got disposable diapers. That, that and electricity and air conditioning and your refrigerator. Okay, all those don't really impact my the, the baby. I mean, they make life more convenient in every possible way, including the baby. But they're not specifically designed to. They don't specifically benefit 
the raising of a of a newborn. <laughs> sure they do. No, Where do you don't. get your milk from? You go and get it out of the fridge. Uh, I know I get her. The, the, she gets the milk from mommy. Okay. Okay, but, that, but, but if mommy's ago. not there, you're going to be pouring it out of the fridge. Mommy puts it in the fridge. Does she? I don't know. I haven't seen it there. I think, I mean, there might be some extra in the freezer, but right now it's uh, See, there you go. No such thing as extra 100 years ago. Yeah. No way 100 years ago for the dad to feed the baby. I don't know. When, when was formula invented? I don't know. Not 100 years ago. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but even formula, you got to warm it up. Well, you're going to set a little campfire out, burn some wood, because you, you think that's just as easy as using the stove? Sure. A little wood fire. Just heat, heat that baby up. No, you're, you're spoiled. You're so spoiled with technology. Oh, because now I can do a solo stove. You, so that you don't even appreciate what you have. Now. You have a solo stove? No, I don't have a solo stove. Okay, I was jealous. You're making me jealous there. No, I don't, I, I don't want a solo stove. No, I really, what I'm trying to get out of here is changing diapers, but there's there's no technology for that yet. No, 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 but there is technology. Do you have the diaper genie thing? Yeah, uh, a trash can for diapers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a trash can so you don't have to get genie like it's some magic thing. You just, it's a bag for diapers. I don't know what you're talking about here. But but it seals that smell so you don't have to smell it through your house all day. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, the old plastic bag, tie it. That works just fine for me. Okay. Keep doing it your way. That's how I do it. I think Emily would disagree with your uh, argument, but okay. All right, no, I, I, no, I haven't talked to Emily about this at all, but after the podcast, I'm going to bring it up to her. What, she asked you to watch the baby for like 20 minutes? Causes issues? No, I haven't watched the baby at all, but um, I was just thinking about it. I watched <laughs> the toddlers, which technology has definitely helped the raising of toddlers as I spent all evening playing Cars 3 on the PlayStation. Okay. You've, you've really moved off of uh, Mario Kart. Silas... It's all he ever wants to do is play Cars 3, morning, noon, and night. Nice. obnoxious. Can't wait till we get him on the Call of Duty and Halo. I know. You can already tell. At four years old, he's going to be uh-huh. a game addict, whatever. Hey, I is. wonder who he gets that from. Yeah, I know. We, we have to – it took me my entire life, my entire young and adult life to get a hold – to get a rein in, in, in on my uh, addiction to video games. <laughs> a rein in. A rein in. Emily and the kids go away, and you're up at 4 a.m. playing video games. Uh, it's been a while since I've done that. I need to do one of those things again. It's been a while. Been Spring break's long. coming up. Yeah, seriously. Um, all right, let's get to some baseball. So, um, as of now, though, there's no, uh, as far as I can tell, no, no real breakthroughs. Um, John Heyman has tweeted out, I think, you know, five consecutive days that there's some momentum, um, but there's no really results. But, again, 21 minutes ago, John Heyman says, there seems to be some momentum now in the talks. Nothing's done, but there's a little more optimism. So I don't know. Yeah. And there's some whispers of an upcoming Clark Manfred meeting now. Okay. Would make sense. So it sounds like, let's see. It sounds like they're at least yesterday. John Heyman tweeted the same thing. Almost. There's some optimism and our boy, Zach Britton, Zach with the, with, with the K at the end, he, he, he tweeted saying, uh, no, that's not accurate. So who knows? There's been five separate meetings so far today. Right. Yeah, they keep on meeting as a group. Then they go back to the little group, uh, you know, back to the players, back to to the owners. Then they come together again for about, you know, like an hour, 45 minutes. Then they go back together to the separate sides. Um, So it seems to be kind of going back and forth. Josh, you know, I'm not clear of all the stuff that's being debated. I know there's a lot out there. See, this is a problem. It's not like there's one issue. There's just a bunch of minor stuff from 
arbitration to tanking stuff to raising the luxury tax to to all the to to draft lottery stuff there's just a lot of question marks uh, but i know one thing today that's come up and this is kind of what the players like the bargaining chips the players are trying to hold on to and what the owners really want is a 14 team playoff josh in a league that has 30 teams isn't 14 teams going to the playoffs yes that's not a bit much Yes, but it's what every other sport does. It's what basketball does, hockey does, and the NFL does. They all do it. Yeah, now, is baseball is different with its 162 games. I think so. And but at the same time, my favorite thing in baseball playoffs is the one game playoff, the one game playing in, playing out, which yeah. I think some of them want to get rid of. If you want to bring 14 teams in and half of them play one game to move on, I could accept that. But isn't there if something we have, Josh, really dumb that you play 162 games? Yeah, and it comes and down to one game. Yeah. This, yeah, a random one game where you could have, you know, Joe Saunders on the mound or something. Yeah, but, but baseball's, yes. But baseball's also got, it's also dumb on how they break up the World Series so that, like, you really only need three starting pitchers to get through a World Series. Yeah. So it's like you're not really showing your, your five-man rotation. Yeah, but I still so, think it's different than playing 102 games. Let's say you win 90 games, another team wins 78 games, and now all of a sudden it comes down to just one fluky game. Right. And we know baseball what I would do, in one game. What I would do, let's see. So there's currently 10, it's currently 10 teams in the playoffs, right? Three divisions, two wild cards per three side. Division six. Uh, two, sure. Two wild cards per side. Yeah, so that's five plus five, five. so ten. Sure, yeah. And they want to expand it to 14. Right. I have no problem with 14 as long as that means, what, three, three one-game playing games. So we have game 162. Then two days later, we have three games where it's in or out. I'm all good. I'm good with that. Yeah, I think that's so dumb. I mean, it's like. I mean, you're right about basketball. Everyone, everyone gets in, and they've made it bigger where everyone gets in. But to, to me, then, with basketball, I don't even watch anymore until the playoffs. And I feel right. like maybe we get to that point of baseball if you have so many teams. And so, like, in, in like this past year, every team in the AL East except for us would have gotten in there. The Red Sox and the Yankees and the Tampa yeah, Bay that, and Toronto no. would all gotten in there. And I think you have to kind of rethink divisions. If you do that many teams, maybe you rethink divisions. And how divisions work. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but I mean, but but then all of a sudden you're ask, you're doing a bigger ask. I don't know, and I know there's just too much kind of money way. in playoff sports that when every other sport is doing it, baseball is going to have to give in. Well, why I don't like 14? it. Why 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 not do twenty? <laughs> like I just think at, at some point you got to draw a line. I think ten is a great number. Um, I like ten. Fourteen. Should at least make sure everyone has a winning record. I mean, you're going, you're going, basically, you're going half. You're going half, half the league, half the league is getting in. Mm-hmm. That seems a bit much. It is, but then I guess the hope is the leagues are also going to expand. We add a team in Montreal. We add a team in Portland. We add a team in Nashville. Baseball is now 34 teams with a 14 game. Yeah, I don't know how you do that when the owners are so poor. Uh, but 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 yeah, if you if you added more teams, if you went to thirty two teams, then maybe we could start having an argument about fourteen. 
but it just seems that with the league at 30, um, and I know why they're doing it. $100 million from ESPN is why they're doing it. I get yeah, it's it. money. I get it. But um, at what cost? Uh, I mean, it seems like we should be more concerned. And this is, again, another thing that baseball, I think, is getting wrong. They're so concerned about money that they're missing out on the bigger questions about the quality of the sport. Right? Like, yeah. in all these debates, no one's talking about pace of play. Right? right. No one's talking about... Um, if, 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 whether the extra inning rule is good or bad for baseball and other ways to improve baseball. No one's well, talking they, about what baseball they're using. Like, they're not talking about these things. They're just talking about money, and I feel like they're missing out on bigger concerns with baseball. Slightly talking about it, they were trying to get a thing where they're allowed to tweak the rules mid-game without approval, mid-season without approval. Okay. But, but, but again, yeah. Yeah, that the, the owners want to be able to institute new rules with – Less time in less time. Yeah, I get that. Um, but and I guess maybe eventually they would use that to handle some pace of play stuff, maybe, but that's kind of very indirect. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you see um, that? I guess some uh, revenue reports came out about the Braves. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw so, there's also some, some debate around it, but yeah. Yeah, because they're saying they're trying to say that the Braves are making $6 million per game, and that in the end of the season, they had $104 million profit in 2021. Right. Now, I'd also point out they won the World Series. Right. So, and that, I don't know if that affects luxury taxes or whatever, but they won the World Series. They probably made $100 million just off World, off World Series stuff. Yeah. Playoff games, concessions for the playoff games, uh, T-shirts, all that type of stuff. For the so to use the Braves as your example, I don't really like that argument to say, oh yeah, look, the team, all the teams are making a hundred million dollars because they're not right. And the thing is, and you wish other teams would open up their books so you could see, like that would be a dream scenario. Right. Like, get their private companies; they don't need to. But the problem is, this stuff's really complicated because New York's books, even Atlanta's books on a World Series, looks a lot different than the Orioles' books, right? Like each totally. books, I'm sure, looks completely different. And when you're trying to set up rules like a like a luxury tax or, or or a salary floor, it's hard. It's really hard when you're you're dealing with different TV contracts, and we don't even know what the deal is with the TV contracts. Don't, don't right. uh, let 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 alone on the, uh, the whole mass and dispute thing. It's, and so these things are just really complicated. No. And we don't have a good picture of, of it, how much teams make, and it's not going to be this consistent from team to team. Right. It's like if someone looked at how much money I make on my paycheck, and then just assume they know how, how much money's in my bank account. Yeah. Without well, knowing and, my expenses. Yeah. And even if Josh, even if you looked at my bank account and you saw how money how much or rather how little money was in savings, it wouldn't be an accurate representation because I put a lot of money into this nice townhouse in Annapolis I have, right? Yeah. And and one of the things and so that's money that I can't access immediately, but I know it's kind of my equity is there. And and that's the big thing about these owners too, though, right? Like even if even if John Angelos, the Angelos family is not making a profit, right? Even if they're just kind of even. The the value of the Orioles franchise since when Peter Angelos first bought it oh, is, yeah, skyrocket. Has, has made them billionaires, right? Like has made them an insane amount of money um, just for holding kind of for, for, for owning the team and its value increasing tremendously over the past 30 years. And so um, that's something that, doesn't might not show up on the spreadsheet, but all these teams, 
right? Every owner can sell their team for a record amount of money at any day that they want to. Right, of course. And I saw, we've, we've talked on here about billionaires versus millionaires. And um, yeah, I, I, got a tweet, I, got a, I got a tweet from Ben Verlander who, said, who basically calls that as a stupid comment. But, I also, but I've also seen like other Orioles podcasts saying like, hey, this is time for the players to actually like get what they, they've been uh, kind of pretending like the players have been screwed for years over this. And finally, they can push back against these owners. And I don't think that's a fair argument either. It's really complicated. And I don't. I think it's way too simple to choose a good guy or a bad guy in this. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the the irony of it too. Is I mean, the players who are really getting screwed are the minor leaguers who really aren't at the table in this at all. It's not, that's not really about them because they're not part of the players' u- union. So the people really getting screwed are not even the people having these conversations, right? And so the reason people say it's the millionaires and billionaires because look who's showing up at this meeting. It's Max Scherzer who's set to make forty three million dollars this year. Um, a record contract. Um, yet the other argument I think is very fair, Josh. The other argument that even pre-COVID, salaries have been going down in the major leagues as revenue has been going up for these teams. And we've seen it with the Orioles and we've seen it with other teams where they realize if they're not going to win, they're not going to waste money on players just for the sake of spending money. Like they're right. going to save the money. They're going to hopefully do what the Orioles do, reinvest, which is another way that people don't talk about salary with the Orioles. People don't talk about, we've mentioned this before, about the investments they're making in the international market, the, the Dominican Republican facility. Like That really doesn't get brought up in this conversation. Um, but but it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's complicated. But the argument is fair. Like, players should be making more money if the owners are making more money. It seems problematic that the owners are making more money and the players are making, on average, less money. That seems like... It's something that should right. be addressed, and this is why you have these kind of negotiations to hopefully yeah, that's why, fix that. Right. That's why they have these every so many years to, to try to balance things out. Um, Verlander says it's not billionaires versus millionaires. 71% of Major League Baseball players make less than $1 million. 66% make less than six hundred k, and 16% make less than hundred k. Yep. So and I don't know. I'd have to, I bet, well, I was going to say, I bet that number has become increasingly, increasingly, like, I bet that wasn't true five years ago, but because so many teams are doing what the Orioles are doing, right? Like, well, all and the, that's, the exactly. Orioles have no contracts. They're all, like, guys who are on minor league contracts or something or on their kind of still their rookie or initial deals um, where you just have to renew the contract where they're not in arbitration yet, so they're not making – you know, if you're not arbitration yet, you're not making millions of dollars. And so you're, you're pre-arbitration, you're making no money. And that's the majority of the Orioles roster. Same with Pittsburgh's roster and all these other rebuilding teams' rosters. But they're still making more than 100K, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. 16, oh, yeah. 16% under 100K sounds really – sounds wrong to me. Like, are they counting minor leaguers? Are they counting rookie contra- first-year players? Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume it's someone who – because there's a lot of players like this – who go back up and come back down, right? Because the minimum wage is like $500,000. That's the minimum wage, half a million dollars. But I guess it's players, there's a bunch of the Orioles who will be up for a week and then go back town. That would be about 200 players in Major League Baseball. Yeah. I mean, think about how many relievers, Josh, just on the Orioles, how many pitchers have gone up for a week and then sent back down. So I bet there's a lot like that who make no money in the minors, come up, 
make a little bit and then get snapped back down. All right. So as of right now, it's a, it says deal not close, but not impossible. Uh, the CBD threshold, pre-arbitration issues, and the pool issues. Uh, MLB proposed the 14 plan expanded and also a nut with 700K minimum and 40 million into the pre-arbitration pool uh, or a 12 team expanded with 675 minimum and 20 mil. So the owners want the four, the owners are saying, Hey, if you want more money, we're going 14 teams. Yes. That's yeah. This is what the players know that. And so players are holding that as a bargaining chip because the owners, right. that's what the owners really want. And their owners are like, yeah, they're going to make a hundred million dollars. So we'll give $20 million to get. And when you say the pre-arbitration pool, that's what we're talking about, right? It's those right. players who haven't hit arbitration yet. So they're kind of at the low end of the pay scale in the majors. The, the pre-arbitration guys are the guys making the least amount of money. Um, so I appreciate and I think, okay, if you want to work to, to pay those guys more, yeah. like, you, like if you take a guy even like for the Orioles, I mean, I think of uh, son of Orioles great Dave Johnson, Steve, Steve Johnson. Like how much did Steve Johnson ever make in his career? Um, I'd be surprised if he made a million dollars playing baseball. No, you're right. Even though he was up with the Orioles several times um, and played several seasons. Um, I don't know even know if he, I doubt he made, he made a million. Um, and and yeah, so I think right. if you want to kind of increase the pay there, go for it. Um, because the pay for the Max Scherzers and the, and the Carlos Correa's and, and the, and the Seegers, like, they're going to make their money in rec- and the Manny Machado. They're going to make their money in record amounts. The people getting screwed is the the younger players, and then these people who are who like the the uh, um, Hans Albertos, the guy who kind of hit arbitration, and these teams don't don't want to pay for arbitration players anymore, so they just cut them, um, and then they have to sign you know for minimum with someone else. But I mean, I mean it's tough, right? Because because. Are these players overpaid? Like, I would argue probably, yeah. Like, probably baseball players are overpaid. <laughs> like, they, baseball players should not make that money. But then if they don't make that money, it's just that goes to the owners. So I don't think the owners should get more money either. Like, I think if the owners are making more money, like in playoffs and stuff, it should go at the very least split 50-50 with the players, if not the players right. get even more. Yeah. Right. And and I don't know. Maybe you need to – I don't know why – I guess because the players don't want a – I would say just set it at a percent, but the players don't want it set as a percent because they want their money whether baseball loses money or not. So yeah. it gets tricky. Uh, Jeff, sports do a revenue split. Yeah, right. how much the, the sport makes, they get a percentage of that. And that would, I think, just also involve just a whole overhaul of how of how you do it. Like, I think that would also necessitate a salary cap or something because – your salaries would be controlled by like that's what these men right about. and that's your and that's the based off how much the NFL makes and that's part of the issue is they look at the NFL and say hey we want these uh, stuff like the NFL but don't give us that salary cap yeah but we want the revenue sharing but yeah but not salary right cap. yeah uh, Jeff Passan says there's been movement on the minimums passing. and bonus pools right. yeah did I, huh? did I say, oh Passan yeah, yeah. what did I say Passan Passan or something yeah Passan yeah anyway Jeff Passan nah. he says yeah. things are shifting towards the player side and the negotiator just a few minutes ago headed over to the player side I, I like that they call it a negotiator. Like there's a hostage situation. Like these guys are holding baseball hostage I, instead I, of a mediator. It used to be a mediator. Now it's a negotiator moves back and forth. Yeah, I know. Um, the Josh, is there if you go on the MLB net, net, network, is there like 24 seven coverage of this of these talks, or is it just on Twitter? 
Uh, I don't like know. That's a good, running, I'm gonna. Um, I'm going. I'm gonna check right now. You would. Yeah, I, here's the problem. MLB Network is ran by MLB. Yeah. I so know. you would think. Yeah, I would think. Why wouldn't you handle this like a hostage situation, especially now where they've already met six times? Why yeah. not have someone sitting outside the fence with a microphone giving updates? Yeah, I mean, also I think people would watch good coverage. I don't know why ESPN is not doing that. I mean, I guess uh, ESPN already has games to do or whatever. But yeah, I'm, I mean, what's ESPN probably have like soccer games or something right now? Let's see. Uh, I watched some basketball there last night. Major uh, MLB Network is running MLB tonight, and let's see what they are doing. Oh, I think they're showing like a. I don't know. It's black and white players. So are they still? I don't know if they're. Are they not? I haven't watched Major League MLB Network. Are they doing the same thing that MLB.com is doing where they're pretending like the. Um, pretending like current players don't exist? Like MLB Network's doing this thing on Hank, Hank Aaron right now. Yeah. See, that's, that's weird to me. Okay. It, yeah. But that's what happens when you have like, you know, a, or a company that is owned by. And like ESPN, yes, if you were a news station, you would do ESPN would do coverage of this, like this a news story. News. Yeah, this is news. But ESPN is not a news network. They are partners with baseball, partners with football. So you don't want to put your partners in bad light so it gets tricky. Well, I don't know. Jeff Passan. <laughs> Jeff Passan, who works for uh, <laughs> Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan. No, Jeff Passan, who works for ESPN, he wrote an article today really kind of lighting up the owners and saying how it was all this okay. the owner's own doing and the and the owners are to blame here. And so Jeff Passan, I think, has been pretty hardcore with his opinion. Okay. Uh, but how's Jeff Passan? Yeah, I don't know about Jeff Passan. He probably works for the Athletic. But uh, yeah, yeah. Normally, the athletic is where I go for the like the hard hitting, tear people down. Don't care about anyone. Hey, but but switching gears, um, some Orioles news. Yeah. So, I don't know how you feel about this, Josh. I know a lot of people in Birdland are were excited about this. Um, I don't know how you feel. I know, whatever. I know how I feel, obviously. But the big news coming out this week is. The Orioles um, announced their broadcast team. And <laughs> okay, Kevin that's where you're going. Has received a multi-year deal yeah. to be the lead TV play-by-play guy. Scott Garceau will see on the radio. Melly Newman is coming back and kind of doing a, TV. a, a variety of roles. Um, they'll use her like a Swiss Army knife. Josh, uh, your thoughts on Kevin Brown doing TV and Scott Garceau do, do, doing radio? I love Kevin Brown. Does a great job. I like Kevin Brown a lot. I like his calls. I think he's the best on the uh, Oriole Network in the past few years, and uh, good for him. All right. Have we had him on here? No. No. Where's Jeff Arnold? Jeff Arnold still on here somewhere? Is he still on the radio? Oh, see, it was on The Athletic, so I don't um... – All right, I'll look at I hope Jeff is still on because I love Jeff. So I hope that he is still on, but I do think Kevin Brown is the best in the business right now as far as the Orioles. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I got nothing against Kevin Brown. I'm not um, – I, I, I don't care about his announcers as much as other people care about announcers. Like, to me, announcers are not a, are not, are not a big deal. I could watch it with anybody. I don't – Scott Garcia mispronouncing names. I know, like, people get offended when he mispronounces Santander. 
and yes, he should get his name correct. And people get offended, honestly. Well, you know what I care about the broadcasters? Podcast and we and we mispronounce names. People get offended. Who? Jeff Hassan. Yeah, we, we should probably get the, the, the names right, but but I, I really don't care all that much. I care about one. As far as announcers this year, I care about one thing. Can the announcers finally be back in the stadiums? They cannot. No, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. That, they're doing it that, remote again? That also came out that they're doing it remote. Why? That sucks. At, out, of, out of Josh, out of uh, an abundance, an abundance of caution. No, you're joking, right? I know I'm say, in Florida, but you're joking, right? It's money, I'm, right? It's money. I, but I'm not joking about them staying in studio, but you know it's doing because of money. All right, Jeff Arnold. Money not, not traveling all, all, the, all the places. Jeff Arnold is still the primary radio guy. Oh, good. Along with Scott Crusoe. Are you serious? They're not traveling? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's ridiculous. You miss any type of excitement or anything. You can tell when you listen to the broadcast crew that they're not there. Yeah. I, I agree. It's dumb. I, I agree. It doesn't make All right. it, it doesn't make sense. It says Masson seems to be leaning towards continued remote broadcast of road games on both radio and TV. Which also yeah. seems like the Nationals would do the same. This is Masson. This is not Major League Baseball. If I was Major League Baseball, I would come out and say, guys, if you're going to carry the rights to your baseball team, you have to travel. Yeah. You can't but be I'm, cheap. I, I, You've I, got Paul McCartney coming in. The money from that game will pay for your team's, for your broadcast crew's travel. Just do it. Yeah, unless. Just, probably, just, unless probably just a couple of tickets. That, unless. Expensive show. Unless keeping the team remote allows you to sign Carlos Correa. There you go. That sounds good to me. Uh, good transition, Josh. Uh, it was came out today that pre-lockout, so it took a while for the news to break. I know, right? that's, that's, that's where I'm a little concerned, hesitant about this news. Pre, pre, uh, pre-lockout, the Orioles had... Uh, so in November... <laughs> yeah... Um, sources to con lost bases full confirm the interest of bottom Orioles in Carlos Correa. And, and my first comment about that interest, well, like who would not have interest in Carlos Correa? Right? Um, but this is saying more than that. This is saying they actually were, I don't know if they offered a deal or they were talking about a deal, but th- there's a number out there. Yeah. I got it in front of me. Yeah. And I know what it is too. 10 years, 350 million. Yes. Do it. I'm all for it. You afraid of that number? $35 million a year for the next 10 years? For the record. One World that, Series, and it's worth every penny. Right. No, no uh, I, I, got two, two, I got two words for you. Chris Davis. No, but if you look at that <laughs> no, no, deal. No, 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 no. If you look at that deal, Josh, the thing about it is, it is I've heard yeah, like Michael Elias seems to always be looking for a deal. That right. That does not seem... Like ten years, thirty-five mil a year. No, he does not he, seem like a deal, right? That's not no. a discount. Um, so far, this free agency, Corey Seager, the other highly touted shortstop out there, tw- twenty-eight years old, so y- young, um, tw- tw- twenty-eight years old. He's the big, been the biggest free agent signing for ten years, three hundred twenty-five million dollars. Um, so as far as total salary. That would give the Orioles the biggest total salary in free agency this year at 10 years, $350 million, make him higher paid than Seager, higher paid than Simeon, than Baez, um, not higher AAV than, than Scherzer would be the only higher 
AAV guy than than Carlos Correa if we sign him for that ten year three three hundred million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you see? So today's news was Carlos Correa for the Orioles. I wonder how much of this is true news or if this is Scott Boris. Because remember, right after the lockout happened, he switched to Scott Boris. Yeah. And uh, over the weekend, the news came out that the Yankees were talking to Carlos Correa. Yep. So it sounds more like maybe Scott Boris is going out there and saying, hey, let's get things talking again because this lockout's going to end in the next couple of days. And maybe. I want Carlos Correa to make his $400 million. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's also been connected to, to the Dodgers. And, of course, he's connected to bring him back to, to the Astros. Um, according to fan graphs, they always crowdsource contracts. And they usually get pretty close. They, they have them crowdsourced at eight years, $240 million. So that's uh, the $35 million is over the $30 million AAV in two more years than the fans have. So if anything, this sounds like a little bit of an overpay than an underpay. So but you, like, we know the Orioles like, would have to, the Orioles would have to overpay to get a guy yes. like Carlos Correa. Yes, I, I, I agree. Um, but even if the Orioles, even if it's like, even if he doesn't turn on the offer, if that's true that they offered him 10 years, third, third, $35 million a year, that sounds like a big story that they're even willing to offer. Yes. It's exciting money for one player. Yeah. Yeah, uh, totally. It's exciting. And it's, I get, I also think you don't get a free agent like Carlos Correa every year. So I don't, it's not like, well, Carlos turned us down. Let's go to the next guy on the list and offer him 10 years. But it is exciting that the Orioles are ready to say, Hey, for a player that can impact our team in a position where we need it, we'll throw out the checkbook. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it before, but it makes sense, right? This has former ties to Elias was, yep. you know, in a leadership position when he was drafted by the Astros this is a position of need. If you all so just look at the list of free agents, he's like the youngest free agent out there at 27. Um, like that's pretty much as young as you can be, you know, having six years of service time with your first team and be a free agent. So he's just 27 year, years old. Um, so he's young. So the 10 years is a long time. But you also, this is what you can do with shortstops. You can kind of move the third base when they kind of lose their range a little bit. Um, so, and it's in a, a high position of need. You need help in your infield. Um, so for all those reasons, it makes sense. The other reason it makes sense, and I said this before, what you, sh- what you should do, forget the deferred money, you should pay him like $50 million this year, then like 45 next year and 40 next Like front load yeah. the contract because right now you're not paying for anybody. You're right. paying for everybody. And you're not going to start having to pay for, for guys like Adley Rutschman and Grace Rodriguez for a few years down down the road. Right. And Give so a big signing bonus. Yeah, to put some of the money up front now, and then you know, so you have the money later. But even, yeah, it just it just it it, it makes sense um, from a leadership perspective. It makes sense from this is kind of what the Padres did with Manny Machado. You thought, oh wait, the Padres aren't ready to compete yet, but then all of a sudden, here comes this wealth of young players. And make no doubt about it, the Orioles have one of the top farm systems in baseball. And over the next this coming year and next year, you're going to see a wealth of talent in the Orioles system and the Orioles are going to be a good baseball team. Well, and with a 10 year deal, that's what you're saying. Hey, we're not good. Now we're going to be good for the entire 10 years of your, of your contract. And that's the plan. Yeah. And, 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 and and when you ever, you sign a 10 year contract like that, you also know like an opera pool type thing that the the last three or four years will probably be bad. (laughs) Yeah. You sign it for the first six and seven years 
and you hope you can win the first six to seven years because in that first six to seven years is when you're going to have Grayson Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman and D.L. Hall and Heston Kerstat and Gunnar Henderson and all these other guys in the in the next six years. And so um, it makes sense. It makes sense. Now, what is the likelihood that this actually yeah. works out and happens? I would still not put it as likely. I still would say it's – I would still would be, I think, shocked if it happens. I'd be shocked. I would be shocked and buying a Carlos Correa jersey immediately. As, as would I. I would buy a Carlos Correa jer- jersey as well. Um, I mean, get, I, the Adley Rushman jersey will be attractive as well, but the Adley, but the Correa jersey would have to be purchased immediately. Yeah, I mean, it raises the question also of how close are the Orioles? Because if Michael Elias is signing Carlos Correa, he's saying the Orioles are close. Oh and yeah, there's 2023. As I see it, in in and just looking at the roster, we need three big pieces. I see three big pieces we need to, to get us over the hump. And part of this may, is also, it, it might be more. Part, part of this is D.L. Hall. I think D.L. Hall is a huge question mark. If D.L. Hall stays healthy and can be good, um, I think he can be a you know, number three starter. Then all of a sudden we're looking at John Means, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall as a top three. Cobb Bradish as a five. And then all of a sudden you just need, I think, one starting pitcher. But if D.L. Hall doesn't work out, I think you need two starting pitchers. And then, I think you, and then I think you still need a middle infielder because I know you have Kobe Mayo and Gunnar Henderson and Jordan Westberg. But I think even with those names, I think you need another guy to play either any of those infield positions because you, you can move guys around. You can move Gunnar Henderson around. Uh, you can move Jordan Westberg around. But you need another, I think, big bat in that infield. And if you address a big bat in the infield, if D.L. Hall works out, then I just think you need one starting pitcher. If it doesn't work out, you think you need two starting pitchers one you can sign, one you can trade for. Uh, but I think at some point you're going to need to sign two big free agents, an infielder, a hitter, um, an infielder slash hitter, and then a, a pitcher, a starting pitcher. And so this will take care of that. And then I feel like you can just kind of see how Deal Hall, Cobb Bradish, and that pitching staff work out. And then if you need to go trade for a pitcher, you can. If you need to sign a pitcher next offseason, you you can. And you won't have to worry right. about the infield. The infield's good. I mean, I mean – you throw the infield and you throw any combination of Gunnar Henderson. I love Co- Co- Kobe Mayo in a couple of years. Jordan Westberg, I think, is going to be good. You can throw other guys in there like Vavra if you like him, Urias if you like him, um, Jemai Jones if you like him. Um, certainly th- those guys as, as well. But I still like look at our infielders in the 40 man Bannon, Gutierrez, Jemai Jones, Odor, Urias, and Vavra. It's lacking that, especially that infield. I feel like it's lacking a punch. And well, even and with the minors coming, not all of them will work out. So I feel like just this shortstop, Carlos Correa, um, could just answer so many problems. And he also gives you leadership. He's won before. It gives you that quarterback on the field with yeah. a bunch of young guys. It's it reminds me of the years of Ripken, where even when he was older. You had him in there on every game because he was Ripken. He was out there leading the team. He was setting everything up. Even pre-analytics, you have that guy who knows everything. Yeah, it completely and it completely changes the vibe. If you, if you have him and you start with Adley Rutschman catcher, this team just feels just with those two players. It yeah, feels it's like a completely different team. Yeah, those two guys, and you're like, oh, we have a chance this year. <laughs> 14, 14 team playoffs, and those two guys, let's go. Yeah, and even if our pitching probably is not ready this year to to, to, to really compete. I mean, it's going to make our offense pretty fun and exciting. And then you just, I can't it's wait. It's just a matter of waiting for those young pitchers. I know. Um, 
And yeah, I'm right. buying a Rutschman and Correa jersey. Because that's yeah, exactly. I'll buy both. I mean, can you imagine a, a up the middle when you have Rutschman and Correa and Mullins? I'll put those three guys up with anybody, anybody in baseball. So I'm all for be, it. Be pretty awesome. But again, um, we're getting excited about it because right. the stupid report told, told, told us to get excited about it. Oh yeah, and I still believe this. Re- yeah, I still believe this report is is misinformation from Scott Boris. Yeah, I mean it's not some um, Yahoo that's that's tweeting this. I mean, no, the Yahoos are busy tweeting that Hollywood Brown is retiring from football to play video games or whatever. Yeah, they're still waiting for that to happen. That would be Yahoos, and and like the whole article, the original article, and everything is. All in Spanish, <laughs> like. Wait, so you, you couldn't read it. Isn't that great? Um, thank you. Uh, I saw uh, Joe 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 Paul on 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 Twitter. He like did the translation, and the translation of the original tweet says, "Confidential sources to Con Con Las Bases uh, Lenas report that Baltimore will do everything possible to hire Puerto Rican Carlos Correa. They understand that Correa is the leader that team needs to compete in the AL East." So that's the translation, at least. So, did you, yeah. Did you know that Carlos Correa has the longest home run in the history of Canada Yards? I did know that, yes. Hit it over into Legends. Is it Legends Park? Legends. Yeah. Is that what that's what they call that area, right? Legends the Park. Statues. Yeah. Statues. Yeah. I mean, I know because I uh, RDT tweeted out a video today of it. I mentioned it. It's just I forgot, but he sent that video out. All right. Well, let's hope that. Uh, Let's hope that those talks got far enough along before the lockout that, hey, it's just picking up and, and going. So, yeah. yeah. What, yeah. Uh, I mean, and again, even if they don't get them, if it comes out somehow that it's true, and I don't know how we'll find out if it's true or not. Uh, easy. Like, I don't, know. I don't care if it's – all right. Here's what happens. Yeah. Michael Elias, if this is true or not, as soon as Correa signs with another team, just go on the radio and say, yeah, it was true. Because we need that confidence in Baltimore. Yeah. I maybe. need to at least believe it was true. Maybe. And then, then you're going to have every Orioles fan cla- clamoring for every other guy now. Yes, you are. We're going to be yeah, expecting yeah. to sign every guy. But Carlos yes. Correa. Carlos Correa is special. Is That's what I was trying to say. He's the Carlos Correa guy. is not. You don't get a guy like that every year. Yep. Um, what do you think your percentage? What percentage would you put in Carlos Correa being an Oriole? Uh, I would say... Slightly less than one percent. Uh, and that's not fair to do one percent. Why? I, I was gonna go ten percent. Oh no! I, one I, in ten I, chance. I I think like run the simulation, and like once out of every, because even, even once out of every hundred times seems much. It, it, it seems like a lot. Um. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think it's. I think it's. Yeah, I would, uh, I would put it as like no, 0.05%. See, I, I don't know. I would say by default, you have a 1 in 30 chance because you give every you team. Every you're team saying, equal and an equal. But you're saying, you're saying, as you're, you're saying, you're saying, well, the Yankees have more chances than the Orioles. Yeah, I would put, the, yeah, if you want to lay out the percentages, we can lay out all the percentage. I would put the Dodgers at like 30%, the Yankees at like 30%. Um, maybe the Astros at 20%. So now all of a sudden we're up to 80%. Now the rest of baseball can split up the, you know, the last 20%. Right, right. All right, fine. So I'll give us 2% if you're doing that math. Yeah. I'll say 2%. Uh, what do you think the chances are that baseball settles this lockout today? Well, three hours left until midnight. They're that, still meeting. That's, I can get behind you number 10, 10, 10%. See, I, I think, 
I think what happens is they have great meetings today, and I think they make a deal tomorrow. I think they come out. Start on time then. I think opening day starts on time because they make a deal tomorrow. But MLB said it had to be by today. Yeah, well, they can spin it as as we got four weeks. Mm. I don't know that. I like that they're making progress right now. The PR spins of owners coming out and saying, ah, we're okay if we miss a, a month of baseball. And the players come out and say, well, we've got uh, facilities with coaches ready to go for our locked out players. I don't like that PR spin. Who cares about the PR battle? Let's get it settled in the room. I think there's too much to lose, so I think they settle it tonight. Or at least close enough to a deal tonight that they come back in the morning confident to knock it out. Maybe, maybe. I think the players really feel that the owners are screwing them over, and I, and I, I don't know. Yeah, but but know. now it looks like everything's starting to lean the players' side. So, um, and I think the owners at least understand they can't do this without the players. There's been no talk of replacement players, you know. Yeah, but I, th- I also thought the report was that the owners were prepared to go like a month in the, in the season, and, and that's not what they said. But but maybe that's, they're kind of changing their their tune on that a little bit, and maybe that was part of the negotiation tactics as well. That's kind of like I'm tired of reading the updates from each side. I just want to know, just call call me when call me when when you get a deal. And I see like I see why both sides like I see why, you know, p p p people on Twitter are mad at the owners. Like I can get that perspective. Um, right. I also get the perspective of kind of just want to watch baseball. I also get the perspective of like at this point, I don't really care that much. I'm gonna go watch Bowie when when the season opens up, and I'm excited about watching the yeah, Tigers. So on the other yeah. hand, like whatever, I'm going. Me and me and Silas are gonna hit up some minor league games, um, and I'm gonna enjoy that anyway this year. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that today. Can you go out and like watch minor league spring training games? Yeah, I don't know. They're they're supposed to report soon here. Yeah, I mean they should. So I'm wondering if, like, I can drive out to Sarasota and catch some, catch Adley. Yeah. I mean, the construction will be weird if the lockout still continues because a lot of the guys who are supposed to be in Norfolk are on the 40-man, so they won't be able to play at Norfolk. Right. So I don't know if that means you bump a lot of guys up to Bowie who would normally be at Bowie, and does that, like, trickle down to all your minor league systems? And so. Oh, see, I thought the minor leagues, they just, I think, I thought minor leagues, they just did it all together. What do you mean? I think minor league spring training is all the levels together. Right. No, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, once the season starts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Once oh, the totally. season starts, what yeah, happens to all different. those guys who are on the 40-man but would be playing at Norfolk? Right. Because um, you need to fill those roster spots. Um, so, but yeah, because it's just, it's funny. As of right now, the Orioles still have zero catchers on the roster. Zero catchers. On their own. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that one guy just got an invite. He's not on the. Yeah, the, yeah. Right. The, the guys who have been signed have just been signed, have not been on the forty man deal. Has been signed with with invitations to spring training and minor league deals and stuff. So, I mean, you just look at the forty man roster and there's there's no catchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Oh, because we all know it. Adley's coming up. Yeah. Can't wait to see him on opening day. Yeah, well, and that's something watching these negotiations. If they fix something with the service time where you don't have to wait, you know, right. to the 172 day mark, or you don't have to wait a month to bring him up. Is that going to affect when Adley Rushman gets, gets the call up? Because presumably I think we all assume Adley Rushman's ready to play in the majors. Um, so it's the orders want to manipulate service time to get an extra year. And maybe they'll fix that in these, 
negotiations so they can just he can just start open a day. Yeah, I think, but I also think if if Carlos Correa is here, he's starting opening day, regardless of what's going on with that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know. What I do know, Josh, is yeah. I I put a I, I put a few coins on Adley Rutschman, rookie of the year. I feel good that's about not a, that. That's, I would feel good about that bet too. I think, I think that's, that's like plus six eighty when I last checked. Really? How much did you put down? Return. Huh? How much did I you put down? Like forty bucks. Right, I was gonna say I'd be comfortable with a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna return a three twenty for for my forty bucks. I think. Um, that's on, on that our restaurant. that's on our favorite site. Yep. So, and I, I was waiting to kind of see. I was also kind of waiting to see a little bit. The only thing that could hiccup that at all. Is if Michael Elias gets cute and doesn't bring him up right away, that could that could cause hiccups to that. But I think right. he is a polished major league bat who, you know, if he starts from opening day, I think he's going to hit well. And I think he's going to, and he's a big name already. Right, so I think see. his big name plus the fact that he hit well will give him some immediate consideration for rookie of the year. I don't want to. We don't need to get into our bold predictions yet. We got to wait to see if there's a season yet before we get into our bold predictions. No, you got. You better believe. There's going to be some Adley Rutschman bold predictions, especially because I missed out last year when I said he was going to make his debut in like July or something last year. Right. I'm doubling down um, on my bold predictions this uh, year for Adley Rutschman. I'm trying to look uh, up the current standings, most hits. Where's rookie of the year? Yeah, it's uh, a little tricky that you got to go, you know, find MLB. Most stolen bases, most strikeouts. Where's rookie of the year? Who cares about all this crap? Give me rookie of the year. I don't know. You got to keep on scrolling down, maybe. MVP. Yeah, yeah. Pass MVP. Cy Young. Cy Young. They didn't give. All right, here we go. Rookie of... As an option for MVP. Unfortunately, I want to put some money down for Adley Rushman's MVP, but that wasn't an option. All right. American League Rookie of the Year. I think Trey Mancini was the only one you put on there for MVP. Where is Adley Rushman? Make sure you're in the American League. I... National League. I am in the American League. I think it was... All right, six... 690. Yeah, I didn't expect him so high up. 690 right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So well, at 690. Who are the guys ahead of him? I don't know my rookies here. So if I, put a, if I put 100 bucks down, that would be 690 bucks. You get 690 bucks back. Bobby Witt Jr. is ahead of him. See. And and, okay. and I don't I don't think Bobby Witt Jr. is winning rookie of the year. Yeah. Well, that's I don't even know if he's going to be up this year. Well, he had a huge year at Bowie last year, and I guess the GM for the Royals is not, not at Bowie. No, at at Double A. Double A. But he, the GM for the Royals, is famous for promoting guys fast. But he's, I think he's twenty now. I think, I, I think this coming baseball season, Bobby right. Jr. will be twenty, so he'll be he'll be a lot younger than Adley Rushman. And then Spencer Torkelson, yeah, for the is Tigers. the other guy ahead of him. Yeah, and that I mean that would make sense. The Tigers have been on the up and coming. Yeah, but Spencer Torkinson, he's first base, I think, right? Like, he's he's not going to get you. And I think Rookie of the Year takes into account kind of the defensive value and all these other things. So, yeah, I would put Adley Rushman ahead of those guys. I think that's a good bet. Um, I lose a lot of money. I lose most of my money betting. But I think I think, I think uh, Adley Rushman's a good bet. All right, so if I have 100 bucks, should I put it on Adley Rushman for uh, Rookie of the Year or should I put it on the Orioles to win the World Series? I put a hundred bucks on the Orioles to win the World Series. I went walk away with twenty grand. 
Yeah. That's a good return on investment. <laughs> yeah. Now, do I do that before they sign Carlos Correa? Josh, if they sign Carlos Correa, instead of making twenty thousand, you'll make fifteen thousand. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but I, you're right. I like the Adley Rushman bet. I am probably going to put some money on that. Do you know what? I don't know if they have these bets on any sites. Do you, do you know what bet I would like? What? I would like. I would bet this. Will the Orioles win a World Series in the next five years? Like, sign me up for that bet. I'll put some money down on that. Not, not next I'm a, year, But give me the next five years, and we'll talk. I, I don't mind this AL division. Chance of the Orioles to win the uh, AL East. <sighs> Josh, this is how they get your money. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. It's 12000 Yeah. 1200 I mean, or 12000 12000 Yeah. You put 100 bucks down, you win 12000 all right, so twelve hundred. No, that would be twelve thousand. Okay. Plus twelve thousand means you put a hundred down, and you get that number. So plus two hundred means you put a hundred bucks down, you win two hundred. Right. So plus twelve thousand means you put a hundred bucks down, you win twelve thousand okay. dollars. See, I've convinced you. A hundred dollars. I tell you what, a hundred dollars on the Orioles. To win twelve thousand is better odds than a bunch of lottery tickets. I've seen people throw away lottery tickets. Right now, you got a chance that you put that money down on the Orioles. There's a chance Carlos Correa gets signed in the next couple of days. Yeah, Carlos Correa. You, you you tell me that the Orioles with Carlos Correa and Adley Rushman and Grayson Rodriguez can't win the AL East? Yes, I'm telling you that. <laughs> because <laughs> I was trying to convince you. Who's pitching after? John, because the, the problem is starting pitching. We still got Lyles. Uh, yeah, Jordan Lyles was a brick reason <laughs> signing. And then we're talking about, uh, you know, a Dean Kramer, a Bruce Zimmerman. Oh, I know. A Michael I know. Bauman, and we're talking about the going against the AL East. Like, no, our pitching is not there yet. Our offense, if we sign Correa, our offense, I think, could be there next year. Our pitching will not be there. I'm still standing on 23. Yeah. And I think by that think... time, we'll also have Gunnar Henderson will be here by, 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 by 23, yeah. hopefully. Jordan Westbrook will be here. Um, and so I think that's a much better offense too, actually, in in, 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 in 23. So, yeah. And then hopefully by that point, we'll figure out some pitching stuff, either trade for a pitcher, sign a pitcher, or one of these young pitchers will step up. Uh, and then we can we can take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, the key is for 2022, it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see. I mean, we're going to see Adley Rutschman. Adley Rutschman alone playing catcher, throwing people out. You know, hitting home runs, um, being a leader, running out to the pitcher after every inning and, you know, shaking his hand, slapping his butt and talking to him. Like all that's going to make the season worthwhile. Forget about whatever else happens. And we'll see how, you know. And then after Adley Rushman gets caught up, then it becomes the Grayson Rodriguez watch. And when Grayson Rodriguez makes his appearance, that's going to be awesome. Bust out the gas cans. Um, And then it becomes, I don't know, the, the DL Hall watch or the... Gunnar Henderson watch or the Gunner. Gordon Westbrook watch, what, what, whatever you want to call it. But it's going to be, that's what's going to be now. It's going to be like, oh, here's a top prospect in the majors. Oh, here's, here's the next. top prospect in the majors. Oh, yeah. here's another top prospect in the majors. That's six like, of the top 100. Yeah, six of the top 100 all going to be ready in the next couple of years. Yep, yep. And not at the same time either. So we'll have one guy, we'll have, we'll have um, uh, Adley, then we'll have Grayson. Then we'll have D.L. Hall. Those are the top three guys rare. Yeah. And by the time that happens, Kobe Mayo is going to be a top 50 guy by that point. 
Um, and Gunnar Henderson will be a top. That's the plan. The plan is to let it continue. Gunner. Then the next year is going to be Kobe. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I and can't I'm not wait. even mentioning our top draft picks in Cursed Dad and Kowser. Come on now. It's a fun. T- it's going to be a fun time to be an Oriole fan. Yep. The next couple of years is going to be fun to, to right. see these players start to make their debuts. Yeah. Can't fun. wait. Can't wait to see everyone jump on the bandwagon. Remember 2012, all the people who started jumping on the bandwagon for a couple of years? Yep. Welcome back. They're all welcome. Welcome Everyone's back. Everyone's welcome. Get your Orioles hats on. Savannah Park fans, go ahead. You yep. can give up on the Red Sox. Come back to the Orioles. Yep. Sounds good to me. So, all right. Anyone? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just need to. I was going to say, as the Orioles get big, I wonder if I can find a uh, Orioles sports bar down here. You know, got got to open up a a Jacksonville St. Augustine chapter of Oriole fans. Yeah, yeah, may, may, maybe need to get, need, you need to get that started. You need to find a a good bar to watch it at. Exactly. To watch big games at. Right. And get the thing started. Exactly. We'll see. I will have Birdland tonight coming back this year, and uh, that will announce details for us as soon as we get the lockout taken care of. As soon as we get the that. lockout taken care of. All right, Josh, we're going to work. No, as soon as, as soon as the lockout is taken care of, we will announce something about Birdland tonight. Okay. It's coming back. And I can't right. wait to right. talk a- about Adley after every game. Yeah, sounds good to me. Hey, I. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I had to interrupt the show, but no, go ahead. Uh, well, I didn't tell you that I, I didn't tell you that I won, a, I won a baseball card this year, this week. Oh, nice. There's a. Orioles, there's a Twitter called O's Cards Giveaway, and you should follow them on Twitter, and they are randomly picking people to give away Oriole cards to. So I won this week. I followed them, and I also won a Cal Ripken card that has, like, Legends card that has, like, a little piece of his jersey in it. Nice. So people should follow that. And at the same time, a friend of mine, Pizzo's Cards, who is a card sale Twitter account, is mailing me a John means like uh, no hitter card oh, as well. Cool. So follow those two Twitter accounts, Piso cards and O's cards giveaway to, for if you want to get into some Oriole baseball cards, uh, I've asked Piso to send me any Adley Rushman cards that he gets. So I'm starting to line up and get very excited for these new rookies coming up. Don't, don't you think that's kind of cheating, Josh? Don't you think you should do it the old fashioned way? Buy a box of baseball cards and rip them until you get your Adley Rutschmans. Are you cheating a little bit there? I kind of want to buy a case of baseball cards. But here's yeah. the problem. I don't know so if I care beyond. Yeah. Maybe I'll. You know what? That might be something fun to do with my girlfriend's son. Yeah. We open up. do a card break. That's I what uh, the, the Zany Burt Roadie I know, Albie, they're, yeah. they're super into it. They do their card Maybe I'll put that on my. Maybe I'll put that on our TikTok. All right. I don't know. I, I'm gonna. Uh, find, I'm gonna find out who's. The, I don't even know like what the card brand is to buy now. Tops. Is Tops the guy now? Yep. Yep. They just released their 2022 cards. So yeah, get your box of top 2022 cards. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. All right. Now you can wrap up the show. Thank wait. 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 One more thing. Yeah. Rate, review the show over on iTunes. Okay. Rate, review the show over on iTunes. You heard it there. Uh, follow us on Twitter as well. Get our latest takes on the lockout. Maybe. At Section336 is my follow, is my Twitter, where you can follow me. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Shroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.
and go baseball. Hey, and sign Carlos Correa. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.